Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here today to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the 21st Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapters 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There is evening and there is morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, 
Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God rested, finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him, and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. 
The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How important is your son's life to you? What about your daughters? Are they important enough that you would do something to save it? Maybe even important enough that you would do anything to save it. Children, what about your parents? How important are their lives to you? Are they important enough that one day you'll choose to take them into your house and care for them, even if it causes you discomfort? Or what about your spouses? Husbands are in fact commanded by God to lay down their lives for their wives, right? And wives are called to submit their own lives to their husbands, trusting that he will care for them and do what's best for them. The answer to most of those questions about how important these people are to you is that they are probably of the utmost importance. Parents would usually sacrifice anything for the life of their children. Children, especially when they become adults, are willing to do whatever is necessary to keep their parents comfortable as they get older. Husbands and wives are willing to do anything for the sake of their spouse. And for the most part, we think of that as being good, right, and salutary. That's the way things are supposed to be. So then, if that's the case, why is it that in our gospel reading for today, Jesus initially rebukes the official from Capernaum? He almost seems to be implying that he's disappointed in the official for coming down to see him to save his son. Well, let's listen one more time to the story and see if we can't straighten things out. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did 
when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So what's Jesus' problem here? Why does he rebuke this man, even though, generally speaking, we would say that what he is doing is good? Well, how would you all answer if I put the questions from earlier like this instead? How much do you care about your son's eternal life? What about your daughter's eternal life? Or your parents or your spouses? Do you care about their eternal life just as much as you care about their physical life? Do you care about their eternity more than you care about their present circumstances? Or is it just easier to let the kids sleep in and not go to church? Is it easier to just assume that your parents are doing okay and to not talk about or not talk with them about your faith? Or at least to make sure that pastor comes out and visits occasionally? Is it easier to not talk to your spouse about Jesus because you don't want to start a fight? This is what Jesus is rebuking the official for. The official clearly cared about his son's physical, temporal life. And that is most certainly a good thing. However, as of yet, the official hadn't done what was necessary for his son to have eternal life. His son did not yet believe, and for that matter, neither did he. Which means that unless something changed, that even if Jesus did save the boy's temporal, physical life, his eternal life would still have been lost. He would have been doomed unless something changed. And thanks be to God, something did change. But that something might not be what you think it is. Because, of course, the most obvious thing that changes is that Jesus does indeed heal the boy and saves his life in the here and the now in our reading. But that's not what saved the boy's eternal life. No, what did that was another miracle. One that we likely miss because we're distracted by the flashier one. Here again, verse 50 from our text for today. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. The quiet miracle that we find here is that the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. Then we get another quiet miracle just a couple of verses later. Not only does the man believe in that specific word that Jesus had spoke to him, but he ends up believing in Jesus fully. So much so that he even gets his whole household to believe. And thus, 
Jesus worked through his word and through the faith of this man to save the eternal life of the man's son. Here is the truth that the vast majority of you all know. The faith is most effectively passed from father and mother to children. And, to be frank, it works best when it comes from the father who is supported by the mother. That's the way that God planned for the faith to be passed down from generation to generation, and that's the way it works best. So then, are you doing that? Fathers, are you passing down the faith to your children? Are you making sure that they come to church to hear the word of God, are catechized in the faith so that they can receive the Lord's Supper and daily remember their baptisms? Mothers, do you support and encourage your husbands to be the spiritual leaders of your families and assist him in bringing your children up in the faith? Or is it going to take a sign or wonder for you to believe what Jesus says? If so, then behold, the most important sign and wonder that Christ will ever give you. His death on the cross that bought the forgiveness of your sins, as well as the forgiveness of your children's sins, your parents' sins, your spouse's sins, your friends' sins, literally everyone's sins. The cross has paid for them all. And Christ, even now, sends his spirit down upon you to create and strengthen the faith that you need to receive that forgiveness. He gives you that forgiveness through his word and through his sacraments. Just as he gives us the spirit through those means of grace as well. And the primary way that he has established for those means to be given to his people is through their parents bringing them to church when they're young, that they might continue in that way when they grow older. The primary way that your children are going to receive the armor of God that Paul talked about in our epistle reading is if you give it to them by giving them the means of grace. This is the primary function of the family, to give the life that God has created for us both the physical life that he creates for us at our conception, but also the eternal life that Christ earned for us on the cross and gives us through the handing down of the faith in the family. The church, in turn, is meant to support families, both in their goals of sustaining and strengthening their physical lives, but also as being the place that families come to in order to have their faith created, strengthened, and sustained. You are free to trust the God who set these things up. The very same Father who sends the very same Son to earn your salvation, and the very same Spirit who proceeds from both to create faith inside of you. They have established the way 
for you to pass on eternal life to your children, and you are free to take advantage of that in order to ensure that you will be with your children for eternity with Jesus, along with all of the rest of your family who has come before you, the very people who pass the faith on to you as well. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.